0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast, presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, on the occasion of their upcoming showcase at South by Southwest, I sat down with Angela Purley of Angela Purley and the Howland Moons, we talked about her career trajectory, how she works, the working relationships for the band, and why she chooses Columbus as her home base. You can also hear a couple of tracks from the band, a housekeeping note for you. The Confluence Cast is now on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or go straight on over to patreon.com confluence. Also, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. The Confluence Cast is sponsored by Art Makes Columbus, Columbus Makes Art, featuring stories about our city's incredible artists, stories full of inspiration, challenge, passion, and success. For videos, articles, an up-to-the-minute calendar of events, and an artist directory, visit columbusmakesart.com the resource for all things art and culture in the capital city. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Angela Purley of Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela, how are you?
1: Doing great. How are you doing?
0: Doing good. Thanks for asking. (laughs) We are sitting down here on the occasion of what is not your first, but your third appearance at South by Southwest coming up here in mid-March. Angela, you were playing on your own. You grew up in Hilliard, went to college at... Ohio University of a degree in English. Talk about sort of how the Howlin' Moons got together. How did you, you guys start as a band?
1: Yeah, my roommate actually at OU, um, I guess it was our senior year. She was interning with Vital Companies in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was doing like video production work and that was what she was doing in college. And I was always a part of her kind of like video experiments and stuff. Okay. Um, and, but I was recording kind of my own demos just by myself on Pro Tools on my computer. Okay. Um, and making a lot of these little CDs I'd put in paper bags. Um, and she brought one to Vital, um, and actually like fell out of her purse and they like Fred Blitz Blitzer there, but it solid. He was like, what, you know, what is that? He was kind of intrigued. So it's not
0: that like somebody was like, Hey, you she, should listen to this. She actually
1: wasn't like, <laughs> she, okay. yeah, she wasn't gonna like, it wasn't her plan to like be like, Oh, here you know, just kind of kind of randomly happened and he was interested and um, he was, I think he was starting his, like he has a studio at vital and mm-hmm. they have like a mastering suite and um, they do video production. They do a little bit of everything. Um, but he was like, at that time he was kind of interested in starting some music projects mm-hmm. cause he had been in the music industry as like an engineer and like even doing like live sound for bands mm-hmm. for a long time. And then he got kind of got away from it and he wanted to like get back into it. So, he listened to those songs, and he was actually really good friends with our guitar player, Chris Connor and um, our bass player now, Billy Zanel.
0: And they were not part of your band before? And they were not,
1: okay. yeah. And I had no idea who they were or anything, but he had a relationship with them, and he was thinking, hey, um, maybe I could, like, professionally record this girl's music and like have them as a studio musicians okay so he like he passed along the music to them and you know asked them if they were interested and and
0: so you had been playing out before right
1: yeah yeah I had a, I had a couple different bands in college um there was one called vintage green that I actually played electric violin and like sang backups for it it was okay. kind of like a folk rock band and and then I had a band kind of a Uh, an acoustic trio called Scarlet and the Yellow Moons. Okay. That was kind of like an acoustic band of like with my music, a trio.
0: And so now here we are with the Howlin' Moons. Yeah.
1: And then that, so that, yeah, it's kind of linked together. I wanted to, I've always, I'm obsessed with the moon. So I wanted to kind of, I don't even know how the band name came, came across, but that's kind of how it all got started. So everyone started, we had Jesse Cooper in the studio with us on the EPs at first. Of the receiver. Um, The the receiver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was was a great team and it just ended up kind of all of a sudden turning into some live shows. So then we started playing, you know, we had a great time and, uh, here we are, whatever six years, how <laughs> many years later? Okay. The time is going by. So, well, and but, so
0: Fred is still your producer, manager, or what? Yeah, what is his role not, now?
1: Not really manager. I mean, he's he definitely is a mentor, and we okay. whenever you know different things come up, come on. You know, we ask kind of Fred for advice, and uh, but he's he's invested in the band. Basically, he's done all of our um, recordings. Our the music videos are all from Vital. Okay. Um, so he's been a huge part. If anything, it's and it's been kind of like a label that does like artist development. Okay. Because he was kind of willing to, with we had four EPs that we kind of started, and I had, had never been into a professional studio, and I was like learning how to, I wasn't even really a singer. Um, okay. I just liked writing songs, and I liked performing, but I like hadn't really found my voice yet. So okay. he was like really patient, and by just putting me with the really good, good musicians like Chris and Billy, it just kind of started developing slowly over time. And so, so does that
0: sort of build your confidence to hear sort of almost this more professional sound that you've, than you've heard before. And that allows you to sort of come out of your shell and yeah. feel confident that what you guys are putting out is good.
1: Yeah, it did, you know, and it did even with the EPs, um, just having that team. And so those and
0: were produced by Vital as y- well, yeah, right? Okay. yeah.
1: And and what happened was so the EPs, all the EPs, which we started in two thousand and ten, I think was the first one. Okay. um, we tried to do like one each year. There was a couple times, I think one year we did two and a two in a year. Okay. Um, you know, six songs on each EP. Fred, you recorded, engineered, and produced those. And then our last our first full length record, he brought in Michael Landolt. To produce and Jerry Depiso from OAR, mm-hmm. so then that that was like a trio team, and then he was doing some producing too. So that for Hey Kid, that was our two thousand and fourteen album. Okay, um, and then two thousand and sixteen Homemade Vision, we had Michael Landau produce that.
0: And I'm sure this is a question that you get from people who don't interview musicians all the time. But how would you properly describe your music?
1: Yeah, uh, it you know, it's, it's a hard one lately where we've been.
0: Would someone say alt country? They wouldn't say rockabilly. They wouldn't say rock and roll. Right. They wouldn't say hip hop.
1: Yeah. Honestly, we've just been saying, lately, we've just been saying it's rock and roll music, um, but... It has, you know, country and blues influences.
0: So female-fronted rock and roll country and blues influence Uh, band. Yeah. Got it. With (laughs) that, let's give a sampling to the audience. Let's take a listen to White Doves. Can you tell us about the song real quick before the audience hears it?
1: Yeah. White Doves is kind of a, a song that it, it wasn't going to make it on the album. We were It was kind of a brand new um, song that we were just kind of last minute working on. And it's kind of, it's very dreamy. Um, yeah.
0: Great. Here is White Doves off of Homemade Vision.
2: Everything is falling, all I hear am calling White Doves in the sink, in the sand Everything is falling, all I hear him
1: calling.
2: White is in the sink, in the sand. It's true, I don't believe in.
0: again, that was White Doves off of Homemade Vision, sitting down here with Angela Purley of Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. We were talking about sort of how you started working with Fred Blitzer and the band he put together for you. I'm curious why you get, because you released four EPs and you've done two full lengths since then. Yeah, I'm curious why that decision was made to put out the EPs before the full length. It wasn't for a lack of content, right?
1: Right. No, yeah, I had a a ton of songs at that time, but, you know, I was definitely, definitely still finding my voice and then obviously being paired with different musicians that I had just met. Mm -hmm. um, You know, just finding that chemistry and figuring out what I wanted to do be as an artist.
0: Okay, so r- is it basically rather than not waste, but rather rather than spend a whole lot of time on something when it may go in a completely different direction? Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I
1: think that was the whole point. Like Fred's idea of doing the EPs was okay. She's not ready for like a full length album, which takes a lot of work, a okay. lot of dedication to like get it out there. Um, the EPs are a way to like professionally record songs, but you're kind of experimenting and Mm -hmm. kind of just being, kind of getting used to, okay, this is how it works in the studio.
0: When you were touring from the get-go, right? Or pretty close to the get-go. Yeah,
1: kind of. I think... Yeah, we definitely, I just, I loved playing live and, and I was playing live at OU and doing like solo shows and shows with bands. So I had that kind of itch to, so as soon as I kind of got the Columbus band together and I was like, Hey, you guys, I started like booking some shows and right, um, Fred actually booked us our first show. Um, what at, was that? At, it was like at the Rumba and it was for our like, EP I think release. it was for an EP release or something. Okay. And um, so that was kind of the first one. And then after that, then it's like, we started, then I was like booking like, Uh, the Purple Fiddle and Thomas West Virginia. I was like booking some out-of-state stuff kind of like off the bat.
0: Well, I had mentioned to someone that I was interviewing you today and their primary thing was, have you seen how much she tours? (laughs) And like the kinds of play, like she will go and play anywhere.
1: (laughs) And the EP,
0: I imagine, lends itself a little bit to be able to send out ahead and say, this is the kind of music I play. Right. This is who I am. You like touring, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I like touring. And then, you know, obviously, like just from being an independent band, um, it's kind of the only way that we can like make money and have any kind of income is, okay. is you know, t- touring. Because this is your job. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's why there's so many gigs.
0: Okay. You know? And trying to line up things in between. <laughs> yeah. So like when you go, again, you're going to go down to South by Southwest here in mid-March. Yeah. Have you lined up sort of your route?
1: Yeah. 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 We have, well, we're kicking it off in Columbus. We're going to Cincinnati, Nashville, Memphis, Fort Worth, Texas, Dallas, Austin, Houston, Houston. Gosh, I'm missing some So how long will yeah. you
0: be out from when you leave for South by Southwest till, till you make it back yeah. home?
1: It's um it's a two week tour. Okay. So So that's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Okay.
0: No. So how did you get into music in the first place?
1: Uh yeah, I just have always loved music, listening to music as a kid, you know, I just that was like kind of my highlight was like going to the you know, back then, like the CD stores and mm-hmm. just, you know, diving into music and at the library, um, finding music. And my dad is an avid concert goer. So okay. he was always taking me to concerts when I was really young. And I just love the um, live live shows. It's definitely what I feed off of.
0: So it okay. got me hooked. Any formal training or just sort of you taught yourself?
1: Yeah, as far as um, I did, I took um, piano lessons and I was in orchestra, like growing up. So that Kind of gave me a foundation of, of just music theory to kind of go off of. But other than that, it wasn't, you know, I didn't go to college for music or anything and no really singing experience other than just kind of like, you know, for fun, singing in the shower and stuff. So I,
0: well, and in you know, college, t-
1: formal training or anything.
0: Gotcha. And <laughs> in college, you studied English. And I think it speaks a little bit to your songwriting, at least from what I've read. It starts with the words, right? Yeah. Can you walk us through that process? Is it you literally writing things out and showing it to the musicians that you're working with, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, I yeah, I usually write the songs um, mostly with an acoustic guitar. Okay. Um, So I'll kind of be fiddling along with that, and then kind of songs will come and. Very similar to like poetry. It's more um, little glimpses of things put together that and some amount
0: kind of, of stream of consciousness. Yeah,
1: it's more a stream of consciousness. Like I don't really work that long on songs. Um, it depends, though. I'm cha- I I'm always kind of changing how I write. Um, okay, and so, like. You know, this recent album, there were, so there's there been songs where I'm just, I have the, the words and the melody um, and not really the composition of the song that I've had. And then I bring it to the band. Um, but usually I have basically everything I have in mind what I want and then I bring it to the guys and then... They make it um, come alive with the composition, basically, and help with the arrangement.
0: Great. And you guys do play out most of your work before you ever record it.
1: Yeah, we, we've we tried to do that. Um, what was kind of cool about this last record, the Homemade Vision that we released in 2016, is that we didn't play any of the songs out because we were just playing so much, and um, and it used to be where we would test songs out live, and mm-hmm. we'd already had we'd been playing songs for years, and we finally recorded them. You okay. Know? Um, but yeah, the, the homemade vision was the only record so far where. Um I just, I had all the songs, just their shells, you know, just like kind of the bare bones of them. And then we went in the studio and we, then we kind of worked it out in there, which was really fun. Um, but it mainly that, that was because... better,
0: worse, diff- just different?
1: Yeah, it was different. But I you know what? I kind of um, enjoyed it because I feel like um, then we had the, these exact kind of things to go off of with the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and One then, so with the bigger
0: production team too. Yeah.
1: And I feel like the songs actually sound, um, there's there's not really much, I don't know, amb- ambiguity or like, like their songs are the songs. So like when we play them live, like that's the version we play. Like there might be, there's maybe a couple that we're like extending and we're doing something different, but mm-hmm. we're not, it's pretty close to the album. Okay. Um, whereas a lot of times if we're playing a song out live, a lot you know it just keeps changing over the years or whatever it and evolves it right. evolves and it's like oh man i wish we recorded that version so okay um but somehow in not playing it live it retains it's the recorded version i don't know so huh
0: that's interesting it's been,
1: it was a good experience i don't know if it's going to be like that every time but okay we actually had it i had a lot of fun doing it that way this time
0: gotcha as we talk to artists we I want to focus on a lot on sort of like how you work obviously you know you book studio time and those are hours that you need to take advantage of when you're working outside the studio when you're right. writing in fact when you're doing some of the creative aspect of your work how do you prefer to work yeah and then we'll get to the non-creative aspect in a second right or does it just I, come
1: it yeah it just comes and you know like I said I, I'm definitely kind of a solo like I like to kind of at least get most of the songs done kind of ahead of time and, okay. and then bring it to the band. Um, but as far as like recording, we would do, before we went into the studio, we'd have like, we would go into the studio like the week before for pre-production. And then that would be kind of a way that we could all kind of get closer to an idea of like, okay, next week, this is how these songs are gonna. Like, right,
0: you're rehearsing basically. Yeah, maybe
1: basically rehearsing before we go in. So okay. that's definitely essential. I think that's like... Super important to at least have, and I feel like a full week is like a great amount of time okay. to, like, to not where like you have an idea of where you're going, but it's not too much where you're not going to like overthink things and like change things too much. Um, that's basically what we've been doing creatively wise, like before we go in.
0: Gotcha. And then you do the booking for the band as well, right?
1: Um, the last year or so we actually have had a booking agent that's helped. Okay. Um, So, but I, yeah, basically since 2009 up to like two years ago, I was doing all the booking um, and that caught attention from a booking agency, Atomic Music Group. So um, Trey Newman from there has been um, booking for us for the last like two years.
0: And Atomic Music Group, they are the ones bringing you down to South by Southwest as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll be playing their, their day showcase on March 17th.
0: How does that feel to sort of give up a little bit of that control, given that you had done it for so long and that you sort of knew, okay, here are the things I need to ask for from a venue. Here's how tightly I want to book myself in terms of giving yourself time to drive a place if something happens.
1: Right. Oh, it was definitely an adjustment. And there's a lot of um, even though I'm not booking, it's like I feel like. I'm definitely we're a team where I'm constantly in communication with Trey and just figuring out like, you know, cause he wants to like, where do you guys want to go? How did this show go? Do you want to go there again? You know, there's just a lot of coordinating, um, when do you want to do your next hometown show? Like, mm-hmm. and sometimes things will just like appear, like they'll be like, oh, there's a, you know, Colorado date. We're like, I guess we're going out there. You know, right. so it's like, well, and is it one of those things um, where
0: it's like, if there's a Colorado date, it's like, yeah, we'll do it, but you need to support us on our way there and our way back that's
1: the big thing is just like um sometimes being a band like us too we're still you know pretty under the radar so even if we get you know a sweet show somewhere you know out of state um yeah we do need financially we need you know a couple shows to help link up you gotta pay for the gas yeah you know and you know just pay the band members and Um, Just to keep everyone happy, you got to like keep it, keep it rolling. So, yeah, we try to get those link up. So as soon as I see something that's like on the calendar, that's like, you know, more than, you know, nine hours away somewhere. And then I'm like, hey, what are your ideas? And, you know, he kind of bounces those off. And we just try to. And, you know, sometimes you can't fill something. like Whether, you know. But most of the time you can, but...
0: So uh, for musicians who are sort of looking to take that step, they've done touring, they've booked it on their own, you see it as certainly worthwhile to have somebody sort of take that off of your plate.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. But I, I do think that I know a lot of bands are like, oh, like, you know be nice to be on a booking agent you know booking Mm -hmm. agency and like you know how'd you get your booking agent and I think the key is you know you kind of have to do everything yourself for a long for a while and it makes you appreciate and then you understand more of like how it works well and and, it's good
0: to know um, what that person's doing for you so that frankly so they're not screwing you you know (laughs) because I imagine it is one of those businesses that it's pretty easy to just say I'm a booking agent yeah, <laughs> I imagine, and you know, you do work for people, and then you're like, you know, you're not getting the rate of return, right? Because they get paid based on sort of the success of their work, right? It's not just like a flat fee, right? Or is it?
1: Well, so I, if you're having your, I guess if here's you, where
0: if, I go down the rabbit hole of yeah, how does this business work? I think
1: it depends. I mean, if you're like with Atomic, like our agent he's on a salary, so necessary it doesn't really the amount of gigs he books doesn't necessarily like up his it's not like commission based or whatever. But if you're just like a loan agent, then it is commission based. So um but
0: you're not paying him a set fee. You're the the atomic music group. Right. Right.
1: The agency, yeah. Yeah it's just, just usually a certain like percentage of each gig, you know, goes to the booking agency. Gotcha. It's been an interesting experience, yeah. We've never... I mean, we were... I was always, like, emailing booking agencies and no one was ever interested. And Okay. But I think when then people kind of started to see that, oh, okay, this band, like, started to kind of come up in the news feed and they saw how hard we were working, then they're like, okay, we can put them on the road.
0: Cause yeah, it, and I was gonna ask, like, what is that moment? Is it when you're drawing out of town and when you're garnering local press or garnering national press? What do you think that moment is, is when... I don't want to say you weren't legitimate before because you certainly had a producer and a backer and you were recording professionally. What was that moment that people outside your sphere started paying attention?
1: Right. Uh, Yeah, maybe just kind of, if you start kind of hitting people's newsfeed a little bit in different towns of, you know, you start to kind of get a little bit of a buzz in different places, word kind of gets around about bands. Um, But then also I think when people can see like, oh wow, you know, they're, They're, like, not stopping Like, they're pretty determined. They're hard workers. Mm -hmm. I think, like, nowadays that's kind of, like, what people are looking at because it is really hard. It's a hard business. um, But to know that a band is, like, fully in, at least you have that because it seems like... I don't know with bands it's I think it's really tough and it's tough to keep a band together like especially when you're traveling on the road so if you see someone that's been like we've been doing it since 2009 then Mm -hmm. they're like okay I guess they're not going away (laughs) right (laughs) let's take a
0: quick break and take a listen to the track Athens off of Hey Kid from 2014.
2: stop. Lovers come and love going with you down the road. They flicker in and out of my mind. Take the right, take the left, take the path you love best, blindfolded. Sad. You're the best damn friend a girl could have with your ghost hips and untuned guitars. Uh-huh.
0: Again, that was Athens off of Hey Kid from 2014, sitting down here with Angela Purley from Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela, can you talk about sort of why you do this, why you're a songwriter and and a performer?
1: yeah it's hard to explain but it's a great it's a great creative release for me and I, I love performing live it's a challenge it's scary but it's also kind of like freeing um
0: and is it performing live or is it performing live and touring it, like is yeah, it all of that it's a
1: part of the experience touring too I love um I've always loved to travel and it's a way although we're not like it's not like we're like tourists going you know we're, we don't really get to see that much um but if anything you know well
0: you get to have some dinner somewhere yeah I and- was going to
1: say I feel like we definitely make it a part of like okay you know hitting up the local like the most you know local restaurant coffee shops that kind of thing um and you feel like you're you just get like a feel for people mm-hmm. in these cities and towns um so it it starts to feel especially when you come back like We were always trying to come back to a place, you know, every three months, you know, come back to the same city, kind of keep it keep it going. Um, And I think the coolest thing is we're starting to, you know, everywhere we go there. I don't think there's been a show in the past couple of years where we've gone and like I don't know anyone in the audience. It's like you actually start to get to know people that keep coming to the shows. Right. um, and
0: even though you may be three states away, it's almost like yeah, it's this big that community. bar in Columbus that you played. Yeah. Right.
1: So it's this feeling of um, home and community, uh, kind of wherever you go. Um, and it's just um, just getting to connect with people and just knowing in any way that the music, if people care about it and it affects their lives and you know they're, they're listening to it, um, it's just really cool it's just a kind of a crazy concept and so that's what I I just I love about it I can't get enough of it so
0: and this may be sort of a too wide of a question but how do you feel about where you're at right now you guys have been doing this for six or seven years yeah and and you're Thankfully, you've maintained, you know, that relationship with Fred and with Vital. What's next and how do you see yourself on the trajectory?
1: Yeah. Well, we're definitely feeling like things keep getting like the, there's momentum. Mm-hmm. Things keep getting, keep getting better and better. Um, so that's a good sign. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that's one thing that. I've always felt like okay, if it gets to a point, because it's it is really hard, and sometimes it's hard to tell what's going on, or, or to objectively look at yourself and be and like, and say, well, is this am
0: I successful? <laughs> right, like, right,
1: right. It's like, you know, the constant question. Um, so I think um, when thing, good things keep happening, and you know, there's definitely kind of just it seems like it just naturally keeps growing and evolving. Then then, you know, we don't question as much and we're like, okay, well, we're still in this. Let's, right. let's keep it going. And,
0: and so are um, the things that you sort of hang your hat on or things that you see as milestones, are they like the, you know, the full length albums or getting a booking agent yeah. or being invited to while it's not enough an, and let's not get into what's the difference between an official <laughs> and unofficial showcases south by southwest yeah it is interesting but kind of only if you have gone yeah, yeah are there other milestones that you look to and say okay we did that we're okay for a little bit to keep this yeah going?
1: i think i think definitely um with the recording it's it's just been getting really exciting um i'm very proud of homemade vision Mm -hmm. um so for us basically we're we're kind of already i have a lot of new songs and we're putting a couple in the shows this year but i don't want to do too much of it because i kind of liked how homemade vision turned out with um that process yeah kind of like springing on the guys kind of last minute and then like you, know. you mean the
0: band? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go, like, guys. In the
1: studio, like, yeah, like a week. I mean, you know, it wasn't, we weren't playing it out forever and ever. It's just like, it was exciting. Like, when you first write a song, you have this energy there that mm-hmm. is hard to get back to. Um, I was so, going to
0: ask earlier if once you've played this song out so many times and then you go into the studio, is it just like you're sort of going through the motions?
1: It's hard to say. It it just depends on the song. Um, And there's a lot of our songs where I feel like, yeah, we've played it so many times that Mm -hmm. we end up kind of, you know, we're going in double time now. We're like, we start start messing with it too much, you know? Well, you're
0: playing. Because you're playing it, yeah. And you're playing
1: it live. But um, for the studio... I don't know. It's just like, I feel even when I like when I'm recording like little demos and and a lot of times that would happen where you listen to a demo or like, gosh, like can we capture that? Like just what the demo had. Right. But that was like right when the song was made. It's like that magic of the first. So it's it's almost
0: crisper and like people aren't overly confident in what they're doing. yeah It's like pure.
1: So getting to that. So that's what I kind of liked about the the last record. So so I don't want to like start playing too many of the songs out Mm -hmm. live uh but but it is fun too it's like we have been playing like the hey kid and homemade vision for you know a while now when we play so many shows that it's like we're always itching to play new songs so um that's our next step is to to probably record in like November, like okay. get a game plan together. We have a management team that kind of reached out to us now that's, um, really trying to kind of make some cool connections to like do something else for our next recording. Okay, uh, but so
0: maybe record outside of Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And
1: actually, so our, um, our relationship with, with vital, um, it's, you know, they've basically artists developed us the whole way, mm-hmm. but our, our contract ended at the beginning of this year. So we're still okay. lifelong partners in all of our, right. our music, but we're going to try something different with this, um, rec- with our next record. And so... But, yeah, that's still kind of up in the air. We're still kind of going to see what happens.
0: Great. I sort of want to wrap up with, you know, kind of the reason that you're here. Why do you choose to stay in Columbus?
1: Well, um, it's a really creative city. There's a lot of great musicians, Studio. I mean, just, just the fact that um, with Vital and Fred, you know, having taking the chance on us and mm-hmm. basically um, being there for our whole development as a band, um, is pretty cool. I don't think you could get that, um, in any other, like, big, you know, city. Like, this is, this is a community that cares, and we have a lot of support here. Um, it's affordable to live in Columbus, mm-hmm. and we love touring out of Columbus. Like, it's pretty easy. Like, we do we play. It's central. Yeah, we yeah. we we play um, pretty much anywhere within like a nine hour radius, like pretty regularly of Ohio, and that's a lot of places. You know, we mm-hmm. can go to Chicago, New York, Nashville. All these all these places are pretty close to us. So the only thing that's like super far away is like L. A. California. Like that's right. that's we don't hit that up. That's really. We've never been far there, for a lot of people. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. But East Coast, South, you know, North. West pretty far you can you know it's just a great um, place to live and it just keeps getting better and like the the music scene here the art scene is just really cool and it, it's 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 homey everyone knows each other everyone's really supportive of each other and I don't know yeah I just don't think you you are getting that in some of these bigger cities um, where things are kind of like cutthroat and people aren't really you know that supportive of each other so.
0: Great. Angela, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, We're going to go out today on Electric Flame, what you called uh, the focus track of, (laughs) is it from one of the EPs?
1: Yeah. Oh, so this is from Homemade Vision as well. Oh, excuse
0: me. Everything's from Homemade Vision except for Athens. (laughs) So this is Electric Flame, one of the tracks off of Homemade Vision. Again, Angela, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite musician. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.